It's another stripper episode. Hey, it's Casey Coop of Casey's Freak Show podcast and my boo-boo Hot Wheels, a.k.a. Brick Kennard. It's always so weird saying a stripper's real name. That's your real last name? Kennard. God, I, I've never heard it out loud. Well, it's, she's here, <laughs> as you can tell. Um, Britt is an ex-roller skating stripper and current office manager. She's everything I love about strippers. Vivacious, tenacious, and go-getting. This bitch puts on a damn show if I've ever seen one. On wheels and up poles. In a very individual style, she invented herself. This bitch is so free, she practically flies. Thanks for coming on, girl. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked. Dude, you're just like a rock star. And it's funny because like when I think of like my coworkers, like I, I always try to tell people how talented they are. And when people come out and actually see the show, oh yeah, they're like, the girls you work with, it's insane. I'm like, I know, but I feel like people don't understand in the strip club there is some fucking talent yeah especially at cheetahs or like mm-hmm. mo- like uh, jumbos or something yeah people think oh strip clubs just like tna there you go and then now it's it's a performance aspect it's it's oh entertainment. my god it's, it's theater. nuts well because now like the whole pole dancing thing has become yeah mainstream for girls that want to get in shape or dance or whatever but like then the whole artistry of it's taken to the next level yeah and, I've just seen uh, Cheetahs has fire dancing and hula hooping and wild yeah, shit. I love it. I never knew that before I worked in a strip club. I loved that about Cheetahs. It was like a million different circus performances every yeah. night, <laughs> yes. which made me so happy. They're like, where do you work? I'm like, fucking Cheetahs, man. It's like, oh. I'm proud to work there. Like, can I, what? Can I curse? Oh, yeah. That's, okay. That's all okay. we do here. Because it's just a whole fucking toilet mouth situation over Welcome here. to the shit show. Uh, <laughs> that's part of the reason I started my podcast was I thought about how I don't have friends who have sensors. And I'm like, I need to bring this out to light because all my friends yeah. don't have sensors. Zero filter. I it's, love it. It's real difficult when I'm around children. <laughs> I just tend not to be. <laughs> I know. Yeah, right? I'm like, I, I feel like it's always an alien being when I'm around yeah. a kid. Like, hello there. Son, yeah, like, yeah, like, how I, are you today? I don't know how to interact with you. I don't understand you. Even though we are kids, basically, yeah. like we're such yeah. children. I'm living my full like free childhood right? now. <laughs> yeah, just me too. doing it. I dove me head too. first. Yeah. Oh my god! So let's get it started. How I want to ask you. So, Hot Wheels is uh, that's how I know you. Tis um, true. She strips on roller skates she goes up and down the poles and the runway and she does the craziest moves i've ever seen and it's all flawless and perfectly oh, worked thanks. out how did you come up with this style i have been uh i've been an avid roller skater since i was four i always thought my mom taught me how to because she was the one that would take us to the roller rink when we were growing up I found out a couple years ago that my dad was actually the one who taught me to roller skate as a child. He is a Do you just not remember it or you blocked it out of your mind? I just always assumed because I was always on skates and I always my mom always took us. My dad never came when we were gotcha. growing up. And so I was just like, oh, it must have been mom because she mm-hmm. she could get down on some wheels. And I was like, of course that's it cr- was. That's a cool mom to have, dude. Right. My, oh, I just You're had, a cool ass mom. I have the best mom. I just had a moment on Halloween night where I was like, I need to call but it's too late but I just need to thank her for giving me like the best childhood like the holidays were always so so exciting like she sewed our costumes and made sure everything was decorated she decorates for like Memorial Day I'm like what "What, mom I loved that shit my mom was kind of the opposite like she wasn't into that stuff so my friend's moms who were like the next door neighbor I'd hang out at their house and like live vicariously I love the seasonal moms oh Oh, yeah that's my mom wear the turtlenecks with the prints on them 
not quite that. Of, like, like Santa Claus and cause, shit? Because I would, like, rag on her about it. Like, Mom, uh-huh. that vest is just <gasps> inappropriate. Because, <laughs> of course, as kids, you know, we knew what was cool. I'm like, how dare you? My eyes were open when I looked at you. <laughs> yeah, so, she, she taught you roller skating. Yeah, and my... how'd you combine that into fucking stripping? I was um, in a, a cabaret troupe for a little bit when I lived in Portland, and they disbanded, like, abruptly from, like, just girl fight shit, which is just <laughs> So stupid, but oh, I was no. yeah. I'm I've always been a thespian, a singer, a performer, a dancer, an athlete, mm-hmm. and I was like, I need this creative outlet. I need some kind of performance in my life. And yes. the cabaret troupe went away, and I was just so thirsty for it. And I had a friend who worked, who I worked across the aisle from in a Macy's, and she was like, "Fuck this shit. I'm just gonna go be a stripper." Yes. And I was like. Girl, yes, because I yes. loved going to strip clubs. It's Portland. It's the strip club capital yeah, of the country. I'm from outside of Portland, yeah. so I, I knew all about that. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's got so many clubs there. Yeah, I was working like three different jobs. I was working yep. over eighty hours a week at the time. Yep. I was barely sleeping. And <laughs> this sounds like the yeah. typical get into stripping story. Yeah. And yeah. she was just like. Just come, just come audition. Just give it a try. She did it for like a week. I went to visit her and I was like, it looks really fun. Like, I, I love strip clubs. I love strippers. Like, yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, fuck it. What have I got to lose? What? Like gaining more sleep? Okay. Right. Win-win. Yeah. I did it and I loved it. And I had to wear heels for the first three weeks and I sprained both my fucking ankles. <gasps> no, you didn't. No. Oh my God. Wow. What, I just, what kind of lap dance moves was that? Just wearing <laughs> heels was enough. And like I had, no. I had cankles. Like I was like, I can't wear my heels. They won't fit in. My feet wouldn't <laughs> fit in my heels. And uh, I was like, well, fuck it. I'm, I, we did a photo shoot for the marquee at the club. And I was like, I always had my skates on me anyway. I brought them. I put them on for the photo shoot and I went back to work and I was like, because I asked them when I auditioned, I was like, can I can I do this in, in skates? And they were like, that's not a thing. That'll never be a thing. You're going to kill yourself. No, that's a liability. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's just funny. I get like it. up in Portland, they're all about individualism and yeah. they like love to like express yourself uniquely and it's funny actually how in reality Portlanders are a lot more close-minded I think than they come off as. Oh, I'm yeah. from there so like I'm gonna shit on it for a second because <laughs> like it's all about uniqueness but yet like if you really are being truly tr- unique yes they they yeah. still shun you like any fucking buddy else like, yeah truly if you're doing something they haven't seen they're like mm, no we're the king of unique and right. sorry we're the queen yeah. of unique excuse me <laughs> Um, if we haven't done it, it's not a thing. And I was like, well, guess what, bitches? Here's a fucking thing. That's funny, too. I was just talking to Malice, who just got back from dancing up in Portland. Because she's also from Portland. And she's, like, telling me about how all the girls now, she's like, it's so sad. They're all wearing sneakers in the club. Oh, God. Like, she's like, back when I was up there years ago, it was, like, the one girl in the club had the sneakers. And it was her thing. And it was cute. And I get that. Like, maybe, I think every club should have the one sneakers chick, right? Totally. But, like everyone started wearing it and they're all looking fucking sloppy and like Malice is like I just don't like it because I want us to honor our craft and like make this still be this cool thing yes. that attracts people and put you know make it special because it kind of is a dying industry nobody wants to see you grinding on a denim dick in your grungy <laughs> ass your grungy I just ass. went for a hike in these Nikes Dude, like especially go Oregon home. Those, yeah. those shoes are all they're muddy they're yeah. all muddy so they didn't want you to use the, the no skates. yeah and I, I put them on and I was and I just started doing 
doing it. And they were like, how long have you been practicing this? I'm like, I'm not, I didn't practice it. I'm just doing it. Like I'm just freestyling here. And they were like, well, maybe save that for like feature nights or something like that. Like we don't want you to wear yourself out. And I was like, have you seen my cankles? I'm worn the (laughs) fuck out. I'm keeping these skates on. And six years later, never dance in heels. Wow. And it just like, it became your thing. I wouldn't let them take it away from me. That's so fucking I, w- I just cool. had this like vision in my head and I was like, I can do that. Like I can make that happen because I've been skating since I was four and I've always been really physically strong in my upper body. Like I've just always been freakishly strong. And I was like, I can do that. Yeah. Cause the I moves do you that. do, it's just like, it's like you're gliding up poles and on yeah. the rails on the side of the stage. It's wild and it's yeah. awesome. And it's like, I've never seen anyone else do anything and it was always so much more fun for me Mm -hmm. like that like I mean I don't have much to compare it to because but like walking in heels I'm like go fuck yourself (laughs) my my back hurts after like two blocks I can't do this yes it's just always my my knees are breaking my hips my back's out of alignment because of heels yeah and I mostly sit on my ass at work shifts so that's (laughs) saying something I go everyone's like you must wear yourself out dancing I'm like we go on stage (laughs) once a fucking hour yeah getting me for a song yeah. Oh my god. The and one. And the lap song. dances you're like sitting. I mean it's definitely some core work and shit, but like yeah. you're they people don't like imagine us just like traipsing around in heels all night. And I'm like, no, I sit a lot. There the club I worked at in Hawaii was definitely like that. We had four song sets and they were full oh, length songs. Oh, so you'd be on stage god. anywhere from twenty to thirty minutes at a god time. Damn. Fifteen foot poles. And it was the best workout ever. Like I was emaciated when I lived in Hawaii <laughs> yeah. because I just wouldn't stop sweating. It was so yeah. dangerous. And that's how I got two concussions. <laughs> oh my god. That's right. You were talking about I it's funny because I know somebody was saying with the yell for the club that I work at, you used to work at, that someone yelps like, well, if you want a sweaty lap dance, this is the club. And I'm like, Excuse is this you. about me? Because I sweat a lot. And I sweat on the guys. Uh, I think it's okay. Um, So how old were you when you got into that? Like, do you mind my asking? No, um, I got into the game kind of late. I was, uh, God, it was, I must have been 20, 24 I was that's, just about to turn 25. It's funny you say that's late because I was like, I started at 26. Yeah. Mo- I, well, most girls are like in it from their early 20s or like even their really? teens. In I hear Oregon, different things. Oh, yeah. Oregon, I think it's yeah. almost a little more accepted in yeah, a way. Yeah, definitely. Um, it wasn't in the town that I grew up in outside Portland, but yeah, yeah you're right. But in I mean, I've heard all, thing, all kinds of things from girls. Like, for me, I had to be 26 because I had to be way more deep in my actual sexuality. Like, Oh, yeah. That I had yeah. to be more. I had so much shame surrounding my body and my sexuality. No. So it took me until 26 to just be like, all right with that. You yeah. know, be able to, like, show it off, profit off of it. So yeah. I'm like, 24 makes sense to me. Yeah. Um. So you started in Portland. And I know you were talking about, you've talked to me about having a stalker there who you then had to move Oh, yeah. He was so dangerous. Did he have anything to do with the strip club or was he more a personal thing? I met him in the club that I worked at. Uh, He would come in frequently. Well, not not frequently. See, I say frequently because it felt like it was I I felt like I knew him Mm -hmm. before I even met him. Like when I met him for the first time, I was like, it's really good to see you again. He was like, it's really good to see you again, too. 
but I've never met you. And I was like, no, you're so-and-so's friend. I see you all the time. He's like, no, I've never met you, but I totally understand why you're saying that it's good to see you again. And it was just this really strange, intense, immediate, passionate connection. Mm. And I, it was, he basically like brainwashed me for, you know, a couple of months and destroyed my life in the process. Gee, oh my God, dude, I'm, that's, I can see that and that's awful. We've all been there in some yeah. Some, I guess, amount of that, but I drank the Kool Aid. Oh, I think we all have, and especially if you're younger, like you don't, you haven't learned the lesson yet. But the thing is, it's interesting that I feel like when we feel that amount of passion with a person, because I've had that with some people throughout yeah. my life, that you immediately like. I think movies tell us that that's the one for us. We're never gonna find another like that. Definitely. And and it's like, whoa, this kind <laughs> of chemistry is off the chains. But I have to say, the people I've had that level of weird connective passionate chemistry like things went really south really fast they're never good for you in the I long don't, term yeah except why yeah. is that yeah we, have, we, we believe like oh this pa- passion means it's meant to be yeah no it's horrible maybe both our crazies were connected yeah but. you're you're on fire and you don't stay on fire for a reason because that shit is bad for you yeah so you guys started dating for a, a little bit for a very short period of time I actually <clears throat> I was dating somebody else at the time and uh the stalker person um actually drugged me and Whoa. I ended up cheating on my then boyfriend with him first and only person I've ever cheated on yeah and um I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? And mm. so I had to tell my boyfriend at the time, I was like, I'm so sorry. I fucked you over. And um, I totally get it if it's over. And it was over. And then I stayed with this fucking maniac for, a, oh God, it was like three months. Was he kind of, so you said he was like manipulative then? He was extremely manipulative. He was also uh, a drug dealer. He was really into oh. psychedelics. And like yeah. I was on so many drugs at the time. Totally. And he was just feeding that as well. I've noticed and, that with drug, like yeah. male drug dealers in general, is like they become that to get women. It's yeah. like really, but they're very dangerous people often. Yeah. He, he was just, <clears throat> and then uh, he, like I was, I was in it. I was high as fuck, and I was just completely in this this cult of of mm. his name is Leon, and I don't or Leroy. Damn, Leroy, <laughs> Leroy. That's how much you mean to me. Um, I forgot your name, uh, but he. I was just so in it for for such a short period of time, and then the thing that switched. He tried to throw me down a flight of stairs by my elbow wow. right before I flew home, flew home t- for my brother's wedding. Wow! And I bought a ticket for him as well. And I was like, "You're not coming with me. I'm leaving. Like, I'm not coming back to you. Um, I'll be back in four days to get the rest of my fucking shit out of your apartment." And that's it. And I had my own place, and I was fine. I was totally fine with it. And then when I went back, he. Um, he just he just went nuts. He he broke into my apartment. He stole my bike. He broke the windows out of my second story apartment with Whoa. rocks in the middle Whoa. of the night. He blew up my car. He started what? stalking me and my dad and my sister, who what? both still live in Pennsylvania, mind you. Like he just went nuts. And Why? Because he just couldn't thought like bear that you would leave him or something. He told me that his logic behind it was that if I um, if he blew if he took everything away from me I would have to come back oh, to him. Oh yeah, that sounds like an abuser for sure. Yeah, and I was like, 
joke's on you. Portland has the best fucking public transit system <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, because he took away your vehicle and your he, bike. Yeah, he blew up my fucking That's car. Insane. Yeah, he was nuts. He was so nuts. I know you said. Then did you move to Hawaii to get away from this guy? Uh, yeah, I I went to um, I went to to Hawaii to visit with a girlfriend of mine from the club that I worked at and it was my first time there and we were there for three weeks and I went back and he was still stalking me like while I was there too it was really creepy because he would he would text my friend and and like mention bars that we were in front of or like streets that we were on like he had this fucking connection with me this like psychic connection and it was so and I know that sounds like a bunch Mm -hmm. of hullabaloo but it was so scary Mm -hmm. in the in the time because there was no way that he could have known it like yeah there's I mean unless my friend sold me up the fucking river but I don't think she would have done that yeah um but yeah I went back and I was like well fuck it I'm selling all my shit I got rid of my apartment and two months later I moved to Hawaii yeah, because when I met you, you had just come to L.A. from Hawaii. And I was like, I had just gone to Hawaii for the first time like a year before. And I was like, what this little white girl doing in Hawaii? You know, <laughs> like, what, what is bitch? She lived in Hawaii. But when I moved to L.A. about six years ago, I didn't meet anyone from Oregon. It's funny. I was like, oh, all the Oregon bitches are in the strip club. That makes sense. There they are. I, I found met all them. y'all. You guys have been hiding. Yeah, I was like wondering like how you made it. So then how did dancing... Do- oh, so you ended up stripping in Hawaii. And I know you said it actually wasn't that great for, um, for a lot of reasons. It was pretty, it was pretty difficult. It was um, like the sets were longer. It was more intensive. It was grueling. I mean, it was, uh, it was a hell of a workout. The club was more strict. They weren't as lenient. There were fees and fines and... Um, and like a set schedule that you had to adhere to and um, which is I say that like it's terrible (laughs) it's like you have to you have to work these two scheduled Uh, nights a week and I'm like oh no I want my freedom but every other person working a a nine to five like we get fucking spoiled and jaded yes yes. so you think Portland was more stripper friendly Portland was I mean I had a more strict schedule in Portland but it wasn't it didn't feel like I was under anybody's thumb in Got Portland. You. Like I know. The management <laughs> at the club in Hawaii was it was um I don't know. I just felt like certain people didn't care for our safety. That all they wanted was for us to be there and to to sell drinks, to make money. Like they wouldn't take your keys from you at the end of the night when you sold like twenty fucking shots. Oh my God. And they got half of half of that you know they didn't care about your your personal safety right they would let you drive home drunk like when I got that concussion I I don't remember driving home oh that night like I had a lump on my head the size oh. of a kiwi under my skin on my forehead like you could see by the time I left the club like how huge it swelled up so you guys were just numbers to them yeah that's what it felt like that's it's definitely it's what a it different felt like. experience working in a club where it's kind of like locally owned and managed or just like feels like a family there. Yeah. Versus corporate. Exactly. Yeah. Also, I guess not to jump around, but to jump around. Jump. Sorry, I meant to ask you earlier, why do you think people don't take girls talking about their stalkers so seriously? I, I personally feel like it's brushed off oftentimes. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, it's it's not like um, stalking happens in like the jumping off a cliff manner. It is a slow decline. Mm. Um, well, at least that that situation was for me as well. Um, but they, I feel like it's it's a whole lot of that like victim blaming. Like you you chose to be there. Like every step of the way, mm-hmm. you could have chosen differently. Oh yeah, and you could have. But situationally, it's like what would you do in this situation? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a long road there. When a dangerous person is slowly chipping away at every other aspect of your life, every yeah. of your of your roots out yeah. away from them. What would you do? I saw some guy, some fucking idiot, post on Facebook the other day. Um, about one of Weinstein's victims and his caption of the article that he wrote was, man, nobody can make you suck their dick. You just bite their dick. And I'm like, huh, and honey. Then, and then you get beat to shit. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Imagine, I mean, Absolutely. obviously no one has ma- tried to make him suck a dick, but when somebody is forcing your head towards their dick, you know that they are already dangerous. They're strong. They're, they're probably stronger than you. than you if they're forcing you. Oh yeah, they're probably if they're a man, they're just built bigger than you. Okay, that's that's yeah. just how it works. And you're afraid because you know that then they're capable of probably some sinister things if they're p- literally forcing you to suck their dick. Yeah. If you were to retaliate, imagine how much they would retaliate back. Yeah, I mean that's how. Um, when I was in high school, I was raped, and that's. Um, that whole it's that's basically how it happened like he crawled on top of me and I wasn't physically I was strong I was an athlete my I've been an athlete my entire mm-hmm. life and I wasn't physically strong enough exactly to push him off of me yeah and that's why I'm so I I just I feel like a lot of times you're like oh you're such a bro check like you know your mm-hmm. your arms are so strong like you have guns and I'm like I I I rely on that like that's kind of a safety blanket for me because I always want to be strong enough to at least fight like mm-hmm. I rely on myself for that. Like I have Andrew, my boyfriend, and, and he's so wonderfully protective. But I, I, I don't need to be protected. I protect myself. That's yeah. I think all a of huge us, thing for me. I think just even as fucking strippers, it's it's funny that the media paints strippers to be these kind of like weakling victims, and it's yeah. like no, we're like the toughest bitches around. I'm like, not a victim, hands down. I'm but not that a victim. doesn't mean that yeah. men aren't built to. Be yeah. able to overpower us, yeah. like in in a sense, with yeah. their with their size. That's not our fault. But yeah, I just feel like when girls talk about stalkers, it's people. I've heard so many people dismiss my experiences as, "Oh, really? You think you're that important? Oh that my someone goodness, someone would stalk you? Yeah, it's not about that. Exactly. They turn it on you like it's you being egotistical, yeah. narcissistic. Like you think I I wanted to be in fear. Like like you do you think that's really the you know the materialization. That's of how my much ego. I, I. Yeah, like, I think I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, that's no. nobody wants to be scared like that. Nobody, nobody wants to be pinned into a corner like that. Like it's not about that. It's about power. And oh, I just I think they like to watch anybody who's going to stalk somebody like that loves to. They get off on watching somebody be terrified of them. It's the power. Yeah, it's the power it's thing. The power. That's why I also a lot of people have been asking a question, and I've had random people just ask me kind of with all these sexual assault allegations coming out to these huge producers and celebrities people ask like like guys are asking what's up with the thing where why do guys want to jerk off in front of girls like as if I have the answer but my conclusion is definitely what I know about rape and and whatnot and I do not think everyone rapes for the same reason I think there's a variety of reasons but I think power is such a huge component and to overpower someone to make get off on the perversion of they can't escape 
you doing this sexual thing in front of them, that's yeah. power trip right yeah. there. You are inflicting your oh gosh your grossness onto them yeah it's, i mean it's yeah. scarring for them dude yeah, you're just in you're just pushing this discomfort on somebody and you get to sit there and watch it yeah you're like i control yes. this situation yes so thoroughly yes. like it is all me and i am doing this to this other person and they can't mm-hmm. do a single thing to stop it yeah like with the louis ck thing people are like what are you what are you talking about like they can't get out of the room it's like he specifically chose women in quote unquote lower comedy positions than him that he had a huge leg up on you know their careers would be fucking over if they came out with allegations so they just slowly came to the woodwork a bit at a time and that makes sense to me that's such a huge thing too in LA in in any entertainment industry like if there's a titan of the industry and you know you're trying to grow your career Mm -hmm. you have to walk on eggshells like they're like oh she could have just left and been blacklisted and her had her name smeared she probably spent decades working working yes. to be and like yes. working twice as hard as men to be in. Yeah. And also where is that definitive line? Like it's like, oh, I can accept a little like slap ass and be like, hey, don't mm-hmm. do that. I'm not comfortable right. with that. And but every then, female comic, including myself, has yeah, dealt with that. That line thing. moves. There's no definitive like, oh, this mm-hmm. is where I draw my line in the sand and this is the sexual harassment I won't put up with. Mm-hmm. It depends. It's completely situational. Mm-hmm. And if you've worked so hard your entire life for your dream, like are you are you not willing to to suffer that yeah. it's it's extremely situational it's really hard to i think that's a lot of the um the like the stalker rape like victim blaming it's like oh you could have gotten out of that like was it worth it or you could have gotten out of that like is your career really worth that yeah. and like you have no idea you have no idea what it's like you have no idea and it's interesting too to be to having gone through those types of things and comedy and otherwise and now working in the strip club as you have and people women especially I think well men and women equally get confused like why would you put yourself in a position where guys are just constantly sexually harassing you or they're like oh how do you do it it's like bitch I've been doing it my whole life for zero or minimum wage dollars yeah yeah. Also, I'm not putting myself in a situation where men are constantly harassing me. I'm putting myself in a situation where I'm making a living and I'm doing what I want to do. Why mm. is it my fault that I'm putting myself in this situation? Why isn't it like, hey, dudes, why are you constantly sexually harassing these women trying to like make a living? Like, what are you doing? Why is it my fault that you're being a shithead? Right. Like, Why is it on me? Like, it, and it's always, especially with sex workers, it's always oh, blaming yeah. them. Like, but it's like, you know what? In reality, we now work in a place where there's bouncers and there's yeah. managers that care about our lives. Yeah. So I can have somebody thrown out or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Yeah. What's up? What's up? It's me, Casey Coop, here with Britt Kennard. And I want to shout out to my producer, Mason Booker, because I keep forgetting to do that. And he's an absolute rock star. With this podcast, as well as one another shout out to Meltdown Comics for housing us in this lovely studio and having fucking Halloween candy left over and comics galore. Come check it out or check out a show in the back at The Nerdist. It's the best. Oh, yes. At 7522 Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood. 
I like my announcer voice. I'm like, I do love a good announcer voice. It feels good. Um, so, oh yeah, I know that you did go to school. Um, tell me a little bit about that. You studied art, I believe. Photography. It's art. It's, <laughs> I, yeah. was clo- I was it's there. Art. It's great. Um, yeah. Do you still do photography? How, how how does that connect to your life these days? Um, I when I I was primarily like a, a mixed media fine artist photographer. Um, I was doing pretty well with it. Like after I graduated in Philadelphia, and then I moved to Portland, and I kept doing it there for a little while. Uh, and then I mean, I worked for a photo studio there for four years ish yeah four years and then um I moved to Hawaii and I just I kind of just let it go I just it was same yeah (laughs) and I will I will never not be reminded of that really expensive decision (laughs) because I will forever be in debt for a degree that I basically don't use oh same I studied apparel design that's what my degree is actually in and I pick up my sewing machine about once a year to mend something maybe I don't I'm not even good at mending things but like (laughs) occasionally but it's funny because whenever I'm in the zone of sewing it's the most meditative thing hours will pass and I'm like whoa that was like twilight zone shit I really always had that feeling in the in the dark room with like black and white, and um, it was. I love the. I still love the smell of Fixer. That sulfuric stink. Oh, stink! <laughs> it's so good. Put it in my nose. Um, but I just. I have. What was that? <laughs> Where'd you just go? Stink. I have zero desire to have that be my career. I'm totally cool. Like I hope Same. to come back to it as a hobby. Um, but I just it was it was too much work for nothing. And especially now people are like, oh, can you shoot our extravagant, insane like two day wedding for trade? Like we'll give you all of these images for your portfolio. I'm like, what? Bitch, are you kidding it. me? Oh, people expect everything everything for nothing they don't want to pay or they're like uh we have a 250 dollar budget for wedding photographer i'm like put another zero on it and we can talk that's insane but it's funny because i'm like uh nobody will do as a career what they studied at age 18 like that's crazy but it's funny too because guys in the strip club are always like so are you doing this are you putting yourself through school and i'm always like honey i'm always like oh i graduated (laughs) six years ago and then they kind of like awkwardly like oh and then sip their drink like that was an awkward but it's fucking condescending to be like oh I'm gonna support you supporting yourself to get a real job let me help you honey oh you're so desperate fuck off, so I can go dude. be what a dental assistant? Like what? Are, what do you think I'm putting myself through school yeah. for? In your in your head that will help you feel better about this interaction? Oh God, I also hate the fact that like a lot of girls resort to that. Oh, I actually have a college degree to justify them saying like no or yeah. holding an actual conversation with a customer or oh, rebuffing yeah. their advances. I'm like, why do I have to tell you that I'm educated for you to so stop when I say no? They're so what is dumb. That? Because all they know about strippers are from like 80s movies because the same image of strippers are shown today as was in the 80s, which is like, yes, right? Like crack whore, which there's nothing wrong with being a crack whore. Don't get me wrong. Be a crack whore if you gotta be a crack whore. I've been an addict, but 
it's just like such a dumb cliche that they still presume to be true. And I think we're just starting to now change that. Oh, we're breaking with it. With social media. And, yeah. you know, there's going to be some cool projects. Wink, wink, nod, nod. I'm not going to say anything right now, but some cool stuff <laughs> coming out. Yeah. The new media pr- produced by women, basically. Yeah. Um. So do you what do you not miss about it in that vein of things? What do you not miss about working in the club? Oh, God. Um. I definitely do not miss the inconsistency in in pay oh, i made yeah. i made mm, i want to say about the same actually now but i've been in my current job um with the production studio for almost a year and a half and i've gotten some raises since i worked there so like right cool. now i'm i'm on the same level like i feel financially about the same as when you were but, dancing yeah how but, many nights were you dancing I would dance like four nights a week ish, mm-hmm. and I should have made so much more. Everybody was always, "Oh my god, I'm sure you make so much money because your show <laughs> is so incredible." And I'm like, "Wrong. Oh my god, I am not a hustler." And the stage does I, not have money. I am not a hustler, and that was my biggest flaw. Stripping was just I. I'm not good at talking to somebody if I don't want to talk to them. I don't care how much money they have. Mm-hmm. If I don't feel as though I'm interested in what they have to say if I really just don't connect with them or if they're just being a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you can take that 20 and stuff it up your pee hole because yeah. I'm not here for your nonsense. Yeah, every girl's different. Some That's girls, why I didn't make any money. Some girls at the club are just it. stage girls. Some yeah. girls are more just floor hustlers and some yeah. are both. And yeah. some are just there for the, aren't neither, and they're just there for the social element to like, kind of hang out, smoke a little weed with their friends or whatever. Yeah. You know, like every girl's stage. different. All stage. Totally. And it's, you should have made a lot more on stage. Yeah. But it's, it's just so rare that we make money on stage. I am stoked at having like a, a reliable paycheck that is about the same amount mm-hmm. every week. That thrills me beyond mm-hmm. belief. Like, oh, it's so hard when uh, I have a $30 night and then two weeks later I have a $500 yes. night. Yes. You know, I'm like, oh what my God. was that? The emotional fluctuation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I'm rich. And then, Jesus <laughs> Christ, I've never been this poor. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes my self-worth becomes attached to it. It does. I'm like, oh, I must be fat and ugly. It like, does. That's just what, is yeah. what pops in my head. I definitely don't miss. miss. I don't mm. miss the emotional mood swings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I don't miss coming home, just being really upset at an interaction with a customer or an interaction with a girl. Mm. Um and just being emotionally wrecked, like at the end of the night and coming home and crying and my boyfriend just being like, I can't look at you like this and not want to go and hit somebody and like, mm-hmm. you know, help you feel better. And I'm like, it's just how it is. Like some nights are good and some nights are mm-hmm. bad. And now like the most upset I get is when too many people ask me how to fucking set up the goddamn printer. <laughs> So how does it differ now that you work in an office environment and you have for a year for a year yeah. versus years of strip club service? How does that differ? It's a it is a long period of adjustment. I'm still working on it. <laughs> I bet. Um, but I do take a lot of things with me from six years of dancing to work every day with me, like my self worth. And I'm actually surprisingly, I can say no better now than I ever did when I was oh, dancing. Yeah. Like I oh. am so comfortable with you know if anybody comes up and asks me I'm like no that's not my job I have zero problem saying no when I need to say no mm-hmm. so valuable but um definitely my self-worth my self-confidence dancing just bolstered that through the fucking roof yeah I, I learned how to I think boundaries yeah. was the biggest thing was I learned yeah. how to make boundaries like that because yeah. uh, if because I see the baby streamers come in 
and let the guys get away with some things. And, you know, and the girls have that uncomfortable look on their face because you can tell they want to say no, but they haven't yeah. learned how to say it yet. Yeah. And really mean it. And but you they will learn just like I learned. And yeah. I was just like them when I started. It's like you're going to learn really quick because mm-hmm. if you say no the wrong way, there goes your rent for the month. Like you have to learn how to do it. And, but, diplomatically. But, you, but you can't like. It's just completely let go of your soul, letting yeah. people get away with stuff either, yeah. because then you'll hate the job and you'll hate yourself. So yeah. you like learn how to make boundaries. Yeah, I've got yeah, I've got a hefty sense of boundaries now. Um, but I just I my biggest thing is I just don't I don't take people's bullshit. I have zero problem. Oh, it's just so wonderful. Laying it's somebody's best. shit bare, just being like, I don't I don't think so. I'm not here for this. Uh, that's not happening. Zero problem with that. And I directly attribute that to work working in clubs for six years that's awesome I love it so much I love it and I, I love, just love it it's funny because um Jack the Tripper was just posting about oh god I love her she is a queen She's so brilliant she was writing about how once a stripper always a stripper because it's like always like we have that mar on us like everyone will be oh, like man. oh that girl used to be a stripper it's always there for you do you feel any shame connected to that do people ever make you feel shameful about having been a dancer nope and the second that I smell it coming on I'm like mm. you can shut that right down yep I'm not yep. having it <laughs> yep. I have zero shame I'm so proud I Good for fly you. that flag like at the mm-hmm. top of my tower I'm like this is it I love if, it if they knew how, how fucking empowered I felt on that stage yes. then, then they wouldn't even judge but it's yes. because it's a certain sense of jealousy too. yeah oh it's definitely jealousy They're I love like, oh you can shove your body and not feel horrible about it yeah, yeah I feel great about myself yeah. and even on like my quote unquote fattest days or like days when I don't feel like I look great yeah. I'm still 100% comfortable in a bikini or just naked like I, I'm just comfortable with my body if I have random hair growing out the bikini oh. line I actually do not give a fuck yeah legs unshaved whose problem is that not mine. Right. Yeah. Love it. So I want to ask you the big old Casey Freak Show question. Um, mm. What does being free mean to you? Oh, um, I think being free, and this is totally a new thing with me, actually, since I stopped drinking. Um, this is something How that I'm working. How long has that been for? It's been like two and a half months. Yay. That's a long ass time. It's it's incredible and it's really difficult and I still struggle. Like It's, it's fucking hard. It's so hard. We were talking before we started recording how our addictions latch on to other yes. things. Dude, yes. shopping addiction has become my new Oh thing. my God. It's so, di- I'm like, I can't get out of a Goodwill without spending $150. That's uh, in a Goodwill? What are in you a, fucking buying? A couch? Everything. <laughs> Literally everything. That's like a Macklemore song. Make it, it is- rain in this Goodwill. It is a workout. My arms are just full of shit when I get to the counter. I'm like, bear Uh. with me. Um, (laughs) I think that the right now, currently for me, um, being free is all about um, learning to love myself right now. Like, and just sit and have quiet time, like, and self reflection, and to face. to face all the dark shit that I've done and like the things that make me not so proud and Mm -hmm. the ways that I've treated people not, not well. And, and, you know, I just sitting and, and facing that and reflecting on it and just, you know, dedicating myself to not doing that anymore and to forgiving myself and loving myself. And cause I didn't like myself for a long time before I stopped drinking like I pretty much hated myself like I was yeah. just so embarrassed of well, myself a, all the time that's like a big part but, of being a heavy drinker at least yeah. for me was just like I want to drink down these feelings of worthlessness I want to drink yeah. down this shame of 
I just never thought I deserved life. I was just yeah. born with that, and maybe some emotional abuse definitely fueled the flames. Definitely. Um. So it was like I wanted to drink those away, yeah. and just like you just gave me chills with your answer because it's just like I totally relate. You know, it's. I actually just got chills myself. <laughs> um, it's so real. Yeah, it's um, that's that's my biggest thing right now is just taking that time. And um, I don't know. I have these moments where I get really stressed out and really full of anxiety, like just out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, this is all part of this whole thing that I'm going through right now. I just like I I have memories that that become clearer of yes. things that have done terrible things or things that have said or like ways that I've behaved toward people that. I love and I would never want to do again. And that'll happen when you stop drinking. And all those feelings yeah. come back up. Yeah. And like a lot of repressed memories for me yeah. have been somebody, literally, I just heard say this today, which is you'll be driving along and an old memory memory of something you did will pop up and you're like, oh my God, I forgot about that. And yeah. that happens to me as well. I get those horrible, like vivid feelings where mm-hmm. I'm like, I should probably pull the car over because it's so intense. I feel oh. like I'm reliving it. And so that is happening a lot to me. And so I just have to, like, I'm learning to just face it, like, head on and breathe through it. And then when I'm done, I feel like I can actually breathe. I feel like I've done something productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I, I'll call that person or text that person. Or just if it's me, a lot of times it should have done to myself. And I'm just like, hey, I'm really sorry. Like, I have this this freedom to express myself now that I was just stuffing in a bottle for so long for like a decade I was a really high functioning alcoholic yeah like and now I I do feel free I I feel because it was just every day I would have to and working I would have to drink it's very easy to get into that you know I hit my bottom a couple months into working at the club um, because you can, because you fucking can. It's, it's all around you. And it's, it's part of the job. Free. Sometimes you feel like you're making more money if you drink. That isn't true. That is now, so not fucking true. Now that I'm like just being myself and like basically what you're talking about is just like self-forgiveness. Yeah. Like a friend once told me um, the amount we forgive others is the amount we forgive ourselves. And it like, oh, I was like, God damn. God damn. Oh, I got to get that friend because I forgive everybody for everything. And I am so hard on myself. Really? I would judge time. other people, but that's because I would hold myself to this impossible standard and so therefore I would hold everyone to an impossible standard of perfection and you know navigating life in a way that I thought was right yeah but I couldn't fucking live up to that so it's been like this total like baby step gradual growth in being like I'm okay with just being human and everyone else is human too yeah I feel like I was scared a lot then of just of fucking up and like especially with my relationship I was your current relationship. Yeah. Can you talk about your relationship? Yeah, he's uh he's fucking amazing. I love him. Aww. Him and him and he's our, so cute. He's, he's a, such a cutie. You guys are both cuties. He's the fucking light of my life. That silver fox oh, is the death of me. I love you. I, I, I love fucking, talking about love. Like I'm fucking dork. Like I love this shit. I love how much like since I since I stopped drinking and like that's my whole fucking life right now. Since I stopped drinking because I had because no idea who I was. It's a different life. It is. But I am, like, overwhelmed with emotions when it comes to Andrew. Like, I'll just be thinking about him, just, like, start crying. It's really sappy. I think think of my boyfriend that way, too, though. Oh, it's... But he's amazing. He was like, babe, you don't have to do this, you know? And I was like, no, I really do. Because it was at a point where I was like, I can either 
have my he I he's my husband like I view him as my husband so, yeah how long have you guys been together oh my gosh um Sunday is five years holy shit yeah that's forever in I today's know, standards I know. so I know you guys met in Hawaii yes and you were dancing at the time so yes. you, he's been he's been with you basically the, like through well, you guys met and dated mostly when you were still stripping yeah oh yeah how did he feel about all of that he was so supportive he loved it but like when we moved here he saw something in me that I didn't see yet and he was like you're gonna flourish here like you're gonna get back to doing something that motivates you and cool. that you feel good about and you can Fuck build yeah. a career on like a totally. long standing career oh my god that's where I'm at is like stripping and that's what is I'm cool doing. but I want it to lead pay. into something yeah it gives me a lot of time to work on my writing and other things yeah and so now I have like a career path and I can see a future for myself awesome. in something that's sustainable because as much as performing fuels my creative like um, I, I couldn't do it forever. Like my body from being a competitive athlete my entire life, my body's just not, I need breaks. And, you know, sometimes I pull things and sometimes, know you know, body hurts right now I a dislocate lot. a rib and, you know, I'm yep. just, I break, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but he, he was so supportive and he loved it. And, um, but what, yeah, when I came here, he was like, babe, you should. And he really, he did. And at the time I was almost resentful because I was like, I really love stripping. I love dancing. I love performing. And I was like, you know, I just had this feeling like, stop trying to make me into something else. And he and he didn't mean it that way. And that but that's how I was viewing it at the time. And I'm so fucking glad that he he pushed and it was in a nice way. And, you know, it was gradual and he was just very encouraging and loving and supportive. Same with my boyfriend. He's always encouraging my career and he never says bad things about my strip club life. But sometimes I misinterpret it as oh, he doesn't want me to be a stripper. But he's never said that. He's always been nothing but supportive. But it's like our fear that they'll leave us for being a stripper or something of that nature because everyone says that shit. Like, people go about the world being like, oh, how can you date a stripper to him? Yeah. so that's so stupid. It's so stupid. Like, mind your business. Absolutely. It's not your fucking life. And I think a guy that can handle a girl who's that just, like, empowered in herself and just, like, a bad bitch, like, that's a bad dude like not bad dude but a, like a bad bitch dude yeah <laughs> like a cool yeah dude. that is the that is the right person for you if they yeah. can handle your self-confidence and your self-worth and and totally be supportive yeah. I and feel comfortable like the and guys confident. who go after women that you know and I used to be like this but like women who aren't self-actualized like they are predatory and manipulative yeah. you yeah. know you want something weak that you can control exactly don't come looking here They'll this knock is on the store. Yeah, these are not the strippers you were looking for. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's rad. So you were talking about being sober and your relationship. How has it changed your relationship? Um, it's it's fantastic. He's so supportive. Um, he like he he checks in on me often frequently he's you know if I'm having a rough day I'm just he's like I just the only thing I need from you is that you communicate because when it was when when I first quit it was rough for a minute and uh, I you know I'd have bad days and I would just be like unhinged and he's and he'd be like what can I do like nothing he's helpless and so he's like just communicate with me tell me when you're having a bad day and I do my best to do that and you know, if um, if we have friends, we have friends over often. We like to host at our house and stuff, and uh, and you know, throw pool parties in the summer and barbecue. Love it. And you know, he'll check in and be like, "Hey, did you need me to not drink with you today?" Like, That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. He's super. Gr- he's super fucking supportive about it. Wow. And I, I really like. He's, he's 
fuck he's he's everything to me like he's just like my perfect I love your guys' relationship he's my perfect person and Aww. yeah I mean he's wonderful he, I he, he I hope he fucking knows I hope I tell him that <laughs> I really cause he just he's great and um yeah he was we were both really kind of worried that um that my like energetic personality my wackiness was tied to the drinking because I didn't know who I I've been drinking heavily for 10 years totally same I was like I don't want to become boring boring yeah but it's like I was the most hyper like clown kid way before I touched alcohol yeah and I'm getting back to being that true like pure me who loves fun and doesn't just need substances to have fun yeah we were both really worried that it was that that was gonna go away because when I stopped he was like babe you don't have to like quit quit and I was like no I really do I've been wanting this for a long time I really feel shitty mm-hmm. um I need to do this it's it's been too long and um and he was like okay and he didn't really voice these concerns I mean thank god because that's a that's you know his worries those are his concerns and he didn't want to put that pressure on me when I'm already dealing with quitting and detoxing and like you know so uh, but we had to talk about it a little bit ago and he was like you know you're still the same weird ass wackadale <laughs> like you are such a goof and you're still so funny and energetic and silly and just youthful and your spirit is still there and I'm so glad that that didn't go away with the drinking no that's I impossible. was really worried that you would change and maybe we wouldn't be who we are together anymore. Like we wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. be together anymore. And I was like, I was really scared about that too. And no, I think you just become like all, all the stuff that's yeah. tied to drinking is like fear a lot of the time. Yeah, I was so scared. And so it's just like, get, it's a slowly removing yeah. that from your from yeah. your mind. That's awesome. That's actually really cool to hear. I'm real glad I'm still a fucking weirdo. Dude, I thought I would just be <laughs> like boring, but I'm like I fucking I'm doing more toward my career which gives me way more fulfillment yeah. than anything else. Yeah. And like not just that, I just feel like a better version of myself. When I'm in the strip club, I'm just like people are always offering me drinks or drugs and I'm just like, "No." They're like, "Wow, you seem like you're having so much fun without it. Good for you." I always <laughs> admired that so much about you just working with you I was because I was I wanted to quit then like I was I've been ready for so long and I was just like man that is what I aspire to be one day because I didn't think that I'd be leaving the industry anytime soon and I was just I was like I want to get to that point where I can be here and not need substances to to keep me going well, I think to, it's a lie that fun. we ever need need substances you know like it's conditioned. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, totally conditioned. Totally. Yeah. And like, cause I never needed them before I tried them when I was a yeah. teen. Like I had so much fun in all the school dances where I was just dancing in the middle of the the dance circles oh like God, all the time. And, and I was always sober. Dude, I you know. I was me. ridiculous. Oh um, my God. So you did talk a little, we talked about shame surrounding this stripping um, a little bit. Is it a Zero secret? Shame. Is it a secret to anyone in your life that you did this, like family member or anything? Um, they all know about it. They don't talk about it. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Yeah, and yeah. It's yeah. Uh, the most. The most I ever hear of. Well, I don't hear about it anymore because I'm not anymore. But the most I ever heard about it was my dad being like, "Did you find another job yet?" I'm like, "No, dad. Yeah, that's I love how my, my dad job." Is. And he's like, "All right, moving on." 
Yeah, same. Thanks, thanks that, Buck. That's thanks, the, Buck. That's the same conversation yeah. I have with my dad. Yeah, same exact. But they yeah. worry, and they, they have do the same. Like his experiences in a strip club that I've vaguely heard, like from back in the fucking eighties, were so different. They're so dated. Then yes, so dated. Then where we work. Oh. oh my gosh, I showed. So I did the show um, with Kelsey in Alabama. Did the Wicked Woman oh, in yeah, September was on our podcast on my podcast. Her. So, um, but I did the show, and my I was telling. T- Telling my mom about it, and she's like, "Oh my god, that's so exciting! I want to see it." And so I got some video from a couple friends that took some videos when I was on stage, and I sent them to my mom. And I and um, she was watching them, and my dad saw them, and my mom's like, "Ooh, that's a little risque." And then I just hear my dad in the background going, "God damn it, Tammy! I can see her ass." <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, my parents worry. Right? I was like, well, just be lucky that you didn't see the second portion of the video where I take my fucking top off and I have pasties on. Okay, Dad? It's just a butt you see more on the beach. Okay? <laughs> Chill, but I love you. Yeah. I love you so much. Um, So oh, I asked God. you what you don't miss about it. Do you miss anything about it? Like, oh, I, I know we were talking about artistic kind of catharsis every day I miss I miss dancing every day like there's nothing there's like I was so I just loved every aspect of it like the the wardrobe and the creativity that was involved with that because you know I always looked like a stripper that crawled out of the fucking gutter like everything I I always thought you looked fucking like on point like I was like that girl and her accessories and your fake glasses because I love fake glasses I love fake glasses oh my god and then you kept getting haircuts and I'm like I love getting haircuts she's cutting it off like I can't like I'm the same where I'm just like just an inch more okay five inches more I've had every hairstyle oh my god I haven't I actually haven't gotten a haircut since I stopped because I would cut my own hair when I was drunk What is how I would get haircuts. What always looked good. <laughs> God damn. I got a steady hand when I'm drinking. Um, oh my God. <laughs> wow. You are high functioning. It's so weird. Yeah. Uh, but I always know all my stripper wardrobe was not from like stripper stores. It was not like bikinis. It was always just like old t-shirts and like, like cut to like just, under boobs. I would tear everything up and tie it back together. Everything had holes in it. But I love that freedom. Like I had this persona, this Hot Wheels persona. Mm. And I was like grungy and a little punk rocky and, and just kind of like, like no. 70s. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my a, God. Just and you a have touch like such of disco. a good, Oh my God. You have such a hot form. Like, I just love, like, I'm so gay at the club. I watch every oh girl God, and yes. just like gay out. I'm I, like, oh God. I 100% miss just getting to sit there and admire women's bodies. I know. And then you get to go back in the dressing room and actually talk to women. Like, they're standing there completely ass naked, wiping their pussy <laughs> because they just gave a lap dance or something and you're like oh my god you have the most beautiful vagina like you could just yeah. have these amazing conversations that were completely void of shame and without skipping a beat too yeah. like it's never weird yeah. it's just like oh this is how we look and this is yeah. that's where like it's the only place where body shame just goes completely it's out, out the, the window. window it's gone because I'd almost say like modeling would be that way but I imagine like models to be like oh we have to like reach a certain yeah. like weight right but for us it's like oh I'm having a heavy day that just means I have like my a little more that ass means, today that means my tits are bigger totally that means I'm gonna wear a push up bra and I'm just gonna shake those things totally it just eliminates all that yeah. shit um, would you say that your stripper persona Hot Wheels is any different than Brit or do you think they vary in any way um, I think that Brit is softer than Hot Wheels like really? if you yeah if you were to take um I'm, I'm, I think I'm definitely uh, a kinder, more forgiving person 
than my my dancer persona. Like, because I feel like Hot Wheels was really fun, very jovial, very jokey, very sarcastic, and mm-hmm. kind of sharp, and just really sassy. Like always sassy. But that's what I love about and fun. You. Yeah, I which I you're am. Like, you're just like that stripper. Like, the, like so many strippers like don't take shit. Like that's what I yeah, love about strippers. That it was like it's that 100 percent of the time with Hot Wheels. It's just like I I will not fucking put up with your nonsense. But just me, like I'm very loving and like snuggly, and I just uh, there's a yeah there's a lot more. This is the softer side of Sears. <laughs> we go back to those like radio announcer yeah. voices. Come see the softer side of Sears. You know every damn jingle. That like, was I a swear. Sears commercial. I swear. 100%. Like my boyfriend. I call my boyfriend the human jukebox because it's just like jingle after jingle. I'm like, what are you singing? Now? Oh my God. My favorite one is Crossfire. Because the kid that screams yeah at the end, you know, crossfire, you'll get caught up in the crossfire. No. Crossfire. And at the, at the end, it's like, crossfire. And there's a kid that goes, yeah, and thrusts his fist into the fucking air. And then they freeze frame it. And that is my favorite. You are my new human jukebox. Eric's yeah. been replaced. Bye, Eric. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> Dude, you're awesome. So what what are you up to these days? Like, you want to continue working and yeah. with yeah. this production company? Yeah. Um, it's really fun. I am pleasantly surprised. We make reality TV for Netflix and um, I would have shot myself in the face when I was younger (laughs) if I would have been like yeah I'm gonna work on reality TV someday totally but it's actually really fun and so much fun actually yeah I have a lot of freedom within the company because I I do work really hard and I'm extremely excited about everything they throw my way but I also like seek out new opportunities like um we just wrapped um a shoot a few weeks ago and I talked them into letting me shadow a field producer on set and I was like this is amazing and then they let me like do um some like work with we have a a live audience um for the first time ever for this particular project and they were like hey do you want to uh help us like produce the audience do you want to help us like um so Ah, I was yeah I was was exciting I was like a hype person I was basically a cheerleader for a fucking week and I was like directing the audience and like come on guys like it was so much fun and I get I don't know. I just get to do a little bit of everything. And um, I have a like a lot of a lot of freedom, surprisingly, a lot of freedom, which is what I thought I would always miss about stripping. And that's what we get but into it. For. I have that within my uh. job because I still work like, you know, normal hours. But I have. Yeah, I have tons of freedom and my bosses are great. And I'm I feel pretty fulfilled most days. Like, you know, I'm it's a lot of office bullshit and stuff, too. But this is just, you know, another stepping stone. And I'm very comfortable with this stepping stone because I'm making progress. I don't want to stand still. Honestly, I'm making like progress. I always when I got into stripping, I thought like this is it. I'm not going to leave until I have like the comedy career. Yes. But, ap- but I think when you do it long enough and like we talked about the actual like physical pains of the job mm-hmm. and just like the late nights, I see the appeal in an office job or just like a different line of work. And I think that's might be the grass is always greener mentality. But part yeah. of it is just growing up. It is. You know, like I love the freedom, but I think you can find creative freedom in so many fields within L.A. and inter- entertainment. Yeah. Like you have. And I think it actually sounds like a lot of fun. And I like what oh, like yeah. one girl at our club does, which she only works Saturdays because she has the office job. And I love that. That speaks to my soul. It's like because this shit is fun, but I don't yeah. want to burn out on it. And the late nights are taking a toll on the in the physicality of it as well. If I didn't have to flip my sleep schedule entirely, I would work weekends. 
I mean, that's I, right, that's I think right. I might be able to handle it like once a month, but staying up that late is, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it, ter- it fills me with anxiety. What time do you get up now? Um, I, oh God, I've been sleeping pretty late lately. Um, I'm just, I'm just dealing with some low energy shit, but um, for shit, I like to wake up at like eight at the latest, but lately I I've been, that life, though. I've been I up at eight, that life. lately I've been waking up at like eight. 3845 snooze, snooze 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 <laughs> I'm like god damn it get out of bed you got to you got to get in the shower and go to work Aww. yeah I'm, I I kind of miss that life a little bit I I definitely miss the staying up late but I do I do love the sleep and for as busy as I am I utilize my free time much better Isn't I get funny? so much shit it's done It's weird when you have too much free time I have to I like write out done. schedules I know and I, I find that true for a lot of friends and myself like I'm I, overwhelmed I'm like I can do it later I'll just watch mm-hmm. Netflix for a couple of mm-hmm. hours because if I, I only work three nights so I have to yeah. manage my time via my planner or oh, else yeah. I'll, I'll do I won't, I won't do shit but yeah so you've been lovely this podcast episode has been awesome where can people find you online if at all uh, my Instagram is at pretty pretty bang bang, but it's pretty with an I P R I T T Y B R I T T Y underscore bang bang. Awesome, and look out for it because she's gonna be a huge producer now. So everyone, awesome. fucking keep your eyes peeled. Mm. Also, um, watch the Ultimate Beastmaster on Netflix. Is that what you're producing? It, well, I'm not producing it, but I that's the show. Got that, you. That yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Thanks for coming out. It was good catching up with you. Oh my gosh, I know. I miss you so much. God, I love talking to strippers. And this has been <laughs> Casey's. Freak Show with me, Casey Coop, and my producer, Mason Booker. I'll see you guys on the flip side.